pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Out of the bullpen, onto the mound. It's the second hour of Sports Talk with Evan Kahn. I'm Scott Beatty. We're glad you're here. We're riding until 6 o'clock. And then we'll hand it off to Colin and Joey for Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential. And the Brett Bielma Show comes your way at 7 o'clock tonight. Live at Papadell's in Champaign. Along with the coach, Quan Martin and Chase Brown will be the guests. Illinois and Wisconsin this Saturday in a Big Ten football showdown. If you want to weigh in, you can on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Great to see you, sir. Good afternoon. A little chilly, but yet still very pleasant. It is fall. Mm -hmm. We talked about... I extolled the virtues of this time of year yesterday, so I need not, uh, you know, just just overdo it (laughs) i think my point was well made yesterday this is a great time of year although i do find myself getting a little more tired with the waning sunlight Mm -hmm. so you're less inspired to go and do things because yeah not as quite as nice yeah but um still you know all the fallish things makes it all cozy and wonderful for Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um we were having an interesting discussion last hour the the impact of a manager. Yeah, and, I and heard. I heard if Tony Larusa tells Lauren he should jump off a bridge, Lauren might consider it. <laughs> well, if it's a, you know if it's part of the baseball game, <laughs> even still, I'm a question it. <laughs> I, I I think it's all in the context of Ali Marmol and how you how you how you credit him or not for what he's done with the with the Cardinals and. Amongst the teams in the National League that are going to be in the playoffs, the Cardinals are, you know, it's going to take something for them to overcome who they're going to face. Uh, but I still think what they've done is remarkable, and uh, maybe they've done it in spite of Ali Marmel behind the scenes, but, uh, you know, you look at what he was handed in terms of veteran leadership in that clubhouse, there's probably, there's a little bit that feels like, well, I could fill out that. I mean, <laughs> you know, I could just say, hey, Albert, hey, Yachty, hey, Adam, keep these guys in line, all right? <laughs> and I'll stay out of your way. Um, but on the flip side, when things go south, a la Tony LaRussa, you know, we're ready with pitchforks. And I'm not defending Tony LaRussa. I'm just saying, you know, I get, is it the old managers get too much credit for wins and too much blame for losses? Basically, uh, that's kind of what it comes down to, and and I don't want to give too many spoilers uh, away, but that's kind of the the first chapter of Joe Madden's book. <laughs> Just the the different, book of which you have obtained. Yeah, the, the the different philosophies of coaching it, and that, and I really think it in this day and age that that managers 
are pretty much minimalized. Some of the things you guys were talking about last hour, it's a lot of it is run by the office, front office as far as lineup construction and who's going to pitch that day and who gets to pitch against two and things like that. So it's more letting the leaders, if you've got the leaders do their job or if the manager has to do that, they do it. And Marmol, I, to, to your point, I think it, it was, I mean, the roster, uh, top to bottom, is pretty well constructed. They've got pitching depth, they've got veterans, they've got just guys that can play all over the diamond, so you, so you get a little flexibility in it, and you're not so tied down to, to one thing, but how much more did Ollie Marmol do than, you know, Mike Schilt did? I don't know if it's that much of a difference, really. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a Joe Madden... Um, Same thing. He could have run for mayor (laughs) at the end of 2016. A few years later, there was was a a spectrum of sentiment, but there wasn't this huge clamor of why, 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 Mm -hmm. when they parted ways with him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and baseball is not a sport where you gather the guys up every every day and, and get in their face and inch by inch and yard by yard, you know, we're going to go out because it just doesn't work that way. Cause it's such an everyday sport and it's such a sport of failure where football it's once a week and it all has built to this moment, boys, and let's go get them, <laughs> you know, and we're battling here together in the trenches. Uh, it just, it just won't work that way. Uh, you, you, you can't row the boat, all that stuff. <laughs> just, just, just tone it down a little bit. If it's baseball, whereas football if you don't have the juices flowing somebody needs to help you <laughs> that's that's not wrong and yeah. kind of heard that last hour of talking with Jim Poles and with, with Wisconsin right you gotta we just dealt with it with a head coach here you know if the the head coach isn't raw raw in your face with all kinds of cliches and stuff well you know they're they don't have the the fire or the you know whatever it is yeah you know, with Lovey Smith or, or Paul Christ or, or whatever if you're not a PJ Fleck then people think you're not doing enough yeah and you know what Right now, PJ Fleck might might have the best team in the Big Ten West, <laughs> so he's not wrong. And Paul Christ has had at times the best team in the Big Ten West. I know Wisconsin fans want more of the sustained success that they were used to when Illinois' head coach was there. Uh, but I I was a Chicago Bears fan when they went to the Super Bowl under Lovey Smith, and I thought he was terrific, <laughs> and he was pretty understated then and had a somewhat adversarial relationship with the media there. Mm -hmm. But he was winning football games and watching Devin Hester fly up and down the field. And Brian Urlacher was, like, eating people's heads for a (laughs) snack in between quarters. It was, I mean, it was was great. But once you start losing, oh, that's a shtick. Oh, that guy's a whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not animated enough. Or he's too over the top and and doesn't let his players play or whatever. If the baseball manager, oh, he's a player's coach. Dusty Baker, they just love to play for him, but he never holds them accountable. Or, oh, that guy is is a, is a hard you-know-what, and, and, and so he doesn't uh, – they can't relax around him. Mm-hmm. Tony La Russa, I, I'm not defending him, but, oh, he's too old, doesn't know what he's doing, and he's – you know da, 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 da. but if they were winning, look at how brilliant that hire was. It's not an easy job in any of those positions, but at the same time, it, it, it there's – there's multiple philosophies and multiple personalities that can lead and motivate and inspire and win games. And it's the easiest job to replace. 
<laughs> what a baseball manager? Any any coach. It's oh, easier yeah. to replace a coach than it is a roster. Oh yeah. When things do go wrong. Well, especially in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it's a little easier these days with a transfer portal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, in the pros, you can make a trade, you can cut them, you can eat the money, but just go in a different direction. It's a little harder in college. Mm-hmm. So. All right, that's enough philosophizing on that, I suppose. Uh, anything else big today, st- uh, standing out headline-wise, as the Cardinals won the, the Central Division last night? They are 25 games over 500. They continue to play Milwaukee. Milwaukee still in shooting range of a wild card position. So there you're are, welcome. Yep, there are three. There are three teams left in the NL uh, vying for the two remaining. Uh, playoff spots, um, and and that includes Philadelphia, who would be in right now, Milwaukee, and San Francisco. By the way, my bad. Yesterday I said with the Cardinals' magic number at three. I didn't read the headlines. I just did the math. Oh, three. They can clinch as soon as tonight. Oh, it was an accurate number, but I meant, oh, they can clinch as soon as Wednesday night. That's not true. They could clinch last night because of this new tiebreaker rule. So they won the head-to-head competition. So even though they won't necessarily have mathematically yet a better record than the Brewers, they've clinched the division. And for this year only. We'll, we'll go back. If you were to say that statement in September of 2023, then you would be in, indeed correct. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the American League, there are still mathematically uh, six teams in contention for three playoff spots. But the White Sox, magic number is Two or elimination mm-hmm. numbers two, Minnesota is one. So really it's four teams left for two. So down to the wire we go. Uh but just not a lot of drama left in these division races, unfortunately. No, no. Uh, the the NL East is really about it, right? Yeah. Uh, and just kind of thinking off the top of my head. And there there were races throughout the season, and I think, again, that's why the wild card has benefited this year because you, you look up and down, 20-game lead here, 20-game lead there. The, this September really would have been a whole lot of nothing if we were just looking for two wild card teams. So adding that third one in, it expands the, the drama and more teams being involved. So that, that's worked out. Um, before we uh, get to Adam Rittenberg to talk some college football uh, landscape kind of uh, issues as the commissioners and whatnot start get ready to start meeting again, uh, one more baseball moment, moment that relates to the Cubs and relates here locally. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, our, our, our colleague at WCA, Kevin Lighty, meteorologist, yes. Yes. Uh, has a little baby toddler boy, one-year-old-ish boy, and he posted this on Twitter. So they're at Wrigley Field, and uh, Bomb puts him on, stands him up on the field, and she holds out his hands, and he walks to her for the first time. He takes his first steps on Wrigley Field, the first steps of his life <laughs> on Wrigley Field. Not too many can say that. Uh, that's awesome it was family day up there for season ticket holders so uh, my buddy was up there with his family and they got to to wander around and do all those things no pictures in the clubhouse all right you can take pictures everywhere else but not in the clubhouse makes sense and and luckily they could do it on the outfield because yeah the the cubs retweeted that and everybody's been retweeting that it's been making the rounds really really cool yeah i I meant to bring it up a couple days ago and and uh 
if I were them, I would have grabbed a little few blades of grass and like stuck it in a plastic <laughs> bag or something. Go figure out how to preserve these blades of grass and say, "This is the grass you first walked on, son." Well, that's that's what the videos are for nowadays, right? Yeah, Pixar didn't happen, so they've got the video, so it definitely they can happened. have their own NFT in the family. There we go, <laughs> NFTs. You don't hear a whole lot about those anymore. <laughs> they kind of fall off with the the bitcoins and all those. <laughs> yeah. All right, coming up, Adam Rittenberg, our friend from ESPN.com, and we will talk some college football straight ahead. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, I'm Joey Wright. Join me and Colin Lankus in Muhammad this Friday as Muhammad Seymour hosts Quincy Notre Dame in the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. It's on our sister station, 97.5, Friday at 645. Join us. Join us tonight on DWS and Light Rock 97.5 as we join you from Papadell's Pizza Factory, 7 to 8, the Brett Bielema Radio Show, as we get ready for the trip to Wisconsin. Grooving along on Sports Talk with Evan Kahn. This is Scott Beatty leading the way here together and... We are pleased to welcome to the program a talented writer for ESPN.com and a good friend of our station, Adam Rittenberg, checking in uh, uh, from the mobile office. Where does life have you, Adam, today? <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of driving. I'm, I'm en route to uh, Norman, Oklahoma. I made a, a quick stop at North Texas just now, and uh, yeah, headed just trying to see as many people as I can this week. Uh, I will end up in Waco tomorrow night. And then uh, be there for the Oklahoma State Baylor game on Saturday. That's got to be a nuts atmosphere. Do, can you objectively, um, of all the college football games and atmospheres you go to, can you do you have a, a favorite or a, or what you might rank the best sort of atmosphere? I suppose it depends on the opponents. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it does. Uh, you know, I've only been to one game at Tiger Stadium at LSU and. It was Joe Burrow's last game, you know, during that national championship season. It was a blowout, so it may, it may have been more exciting if it was uh, a more competitive game, but that was a great one for sure. You know, there's a number in the Big Ten, obviously Ohio State, uh, Penn State at night. Hard to beat. Iowa is always one of my favorite places to, uh, to to see games. I've been to a few games at Clemson, and uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a great environment in the, uh, in the ACC. And then, uh, you know, it's nice to see Washington – get it going again in the Pac-12 because I grew up out there and uh, you just remember how crazy and how difficult it would be for uh, uh, you know road teams to go into Husky Stadium. And I think you're starting to see that again where that, that becomes a really great environment. Well, I uh, wanted to catch your thoughts on, on a couple of things. And uh, the first is the number of college football head coach openings that have emerged before the calendar hits October one. Is this the new era? Is this the way it is now? I think it is. And, you know, I think, you know, talking to some athletic directors this week on this little tour, you know, they bring up the point of, you know, it's really important to have your plan in place for the next coach much earlier than maybe it used to be. You know, because of the transfer portal, because of NIL, uh, you know, everything is a little bit earlier. Uh, and, and, to, and to wait until – you know, December 15th to, to put a new coach in, you know, you're going to be behind. And so I think the idea by doing this is to, you know, mobilize and, um, and, and have some, you know, have a new coach in place ideally 
much closer to December 1st. And, you know, you, you could certainly say, well, why, why not at least let it go until um, the middle of October, late October? I think these schools want to have their answer. They want to inform the coach, to be fair. They want to inform the team, to be fair. But I had one athletic director tell me, you know, he, he, it pained him to fire a coach two games before the end of the season. He couldn't imagine what it's like to do this only three or four games in when you have most of your games left and you're essentially saying, yep, we're done here, and uh, good luck with an interim coach the rest of the way. Adam Rittenberg joining us here from ESPN.com. Hey, Adam, this is Evan. As we turn to October, finally getting down to the nitty-gritty of conference play, I think a couple of weeks ago we were wondering, well, who's good in the Big Ten West? And after last weekend, is does the West run through Minnesota after what the Gophers did to Michigan State? I think it does. And you know, they obviously had a really good team. Oh, Adam's still have you there? They've got great experience on both sides of the ball. Um, Tanner Morgan has seemingly played forever at quarterback. Mohamed Ibrahim back from injury looking really good. They're deep at running back. Unfortunately, losing Chris Ottman-Bell, I think that will cost them at some point this year because they're not uh, overly deep at wide receiver. And then their defense, guys, you know, Joe Rossi and that, and that, that, that staff have just done a phenomenal job elevating that Minnesota defense to, uh, you know, sort of that similar area where, you, where we put Wisconsin and we put Iowa, um, you know, most seasons. And so that's been a really important development for Minnesota because early in P.J. Flex tenure, their defenses were just okay or sometimes a, a kind of a below-average unit. They have now taken significant steps in multiple seasons to become a really good outfit on defense. Yeah, it's crazy to think they fired their D.C. after a, a performance here at Memorial Stadium, whatever that was, four or five years ago, and how they've trended up ever since P.J. Fleck got there. A, a team that's trending down, and I'm not really sure why, is Northwestern. We thought this would be the, the flow year where they kind of start climbing back up after a, a down season, but they've uh, arguably, this might be the, the worst Northwestern team in a while. What's gone wrong with, with Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern up there? Yeah, I think a number of things. Um, I, I just think that, you know, you mentioned a coaching change mid-season. Like, Pitts never does that. And, you know, there, there's something to be said for continuity. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, the transition from Mike Hankwitz, who is a, a transcendent coordinator, a guy that every coach in the Big Ten was really worried about going against his defenses, it, it hasn't remo- remotely resembled what, what, what they've had on that side of the ball. With, with Jim O'Neill. And so I, I think it's pretty clear that the, some changes are needed. Whether Fitzgerald makes them or not, we'll, we'll find out. I think their recruiting at certain spots has really fallen off. The defensive line isn't very good in the interior. Their linebackers aren't very deep. They're still pretty talented in the secondary. And then the problem when I watch their offense, guys, is it's, it's like too many things have to go right in order for them to score a touchdown. There's not enough, ex- not enough explosion plays. They've been passing the ball a little bit better, but then Ryan Holinsky hasn't looked very good the last few weeks at quarterback. And so, uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to find a win for them, honestly, the rest of the way. Maybe they get one or two, but um, I think there's some just bigger picture questions that have to be looked at. Whether the veteran head coach will do that or not remains to be seen. His his mo has always been stay the course and and and, and not not have major staff changes. But I, I think it's pretty clear they need to do something dramatic. 
Adam Rittenberg is here with us on Sports Talk. You uh, just wrote about the turnaround or the buildup at Kentucky under Mark Stoops. And Kentucky is one of these so-called basketball schools that is enjoying success with football programs. And I know some of these schools may take exception to that label, but (laughs) that's sort of how they're perceived. Um, With that, is there a sort of a a common trait amongst the the Mark Stoops of the world and the Lance Leipolds and 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 others that maybe maybe even Brett Bielma has in the ability to not just coach a team well but take a team that is down and turn it around. Yeah, I mean every situation is a little different, and every coach is different. But I, I think one thing that is a theme for all those guys is the importance of player development, and that's a, a term that, that that makes some coaches and programs. A little bit uncomfortable but I think if you're at a program like Illinois or Kentucky or Kansas or Arizona or, or Duke you know you have to really embrace that part of it and know that you know your ability to get players from where they are when you get them to where they'll become uh, is probably going to determine your, your your level of success and I think that's why Brett is such a good fit at Illinois is you know he, he, he was at a maybe the ultimate player development program at Wisconsin and had great success there. He he played at Iowa and coached at Iowa, another program that has really mastered the process of player development, and that's what he's doing now at, at, at Illinois. You know, it's surely the, the transfer portal helps, and you know, you're able to add here and there players who are maybe a little bit further along in that development. But it goes back to that. The other thing that Mark had at Kentucky is a very clear recruiting strategy. Um, you know, he, he he's from the state of Ohio, as are lots of coaches, and they they, they, they didn't they could never figure out why previous Kentucky coaches didn't go all in on Ohio. You know, he hired Vince Barrow, who's a tremendous uh, you know, recruiter and name in the Ohio recruiting scene. And Mark and Vince basically said, we're going to build our team from Ohio for a while at least, until you know other other states and, and players in Tennessee and and wherever else become more interested in us. That's exactly what they did. So they, they really capitalized on Ohio. I think it's important for Illinois and, and those other programs to just have a similar, hey, this is who we're going to recruit, this is where we're going to recruit, and this is what we're trying to do, and we're not going to deviate from that. Because I, I think I think when I see other coaches who have gone to these programs and, and, and haven't had success, it's because they haven't had necessarily the clarity that, uh, that, that Mark Stoops has had. Now, to his credit and to Kentucky's credit, they were very patient with them. He didn't have a winning season until, I believe, year four. Uh, but but, but he, he, he made it clear that they were moving in the right direction. Adam Rittenberg is joining us here on Sports Talk. Yeah, Adam, uh, just cu- a couple of, of national, maybe broader picture questions. Uh, we, we keep seeing the, the last couple of weeks that the Big Ten could expand. They could add a, another streaming service to, to their, their package. And I, I just keep hearing expand and more TV money. And then you see the articles about people and even, you know, the PAC 12 coming out and saying UCLA, you can't afford to pay for all this travel. Is that really a concern for these PAC 12 schools considering leaving? No, I, 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 UCLA wants to leave. They they made the move largely because of finances and they are going to make more money in the big 10. Now, you know, whether the UC regents um, ultimately stand in their way, I mean, they have that right. And I, I know that, that not everybody was looped in 
on the front end of that move. You know, expansion moves are different and that it, it, they're done in, at the highest levels. And oftentimes very few people are, are kind of looped in before the decision goes public. So you know, we'll see what happens with the UC Regents, but I, I just don't agree with the, with the math that the, the Pac-12 is doing as far as UCLA is going to make more money in the Big Ten. Is it going to be tougher logistically? Sure. But, but, but I'll tell you this. I've talked to people at UCLA. They've done their own math, and, and, and they would not have done this unless there was a significant financial benefit. Now, could, could there be more expansion? Sure. I, I think the appetite is definitely there from Commissioner Kevin Warren. I don't know if the appetite is as strong among the presidents and chancellors in the Big Ten to get bigger at this point. So I, I, I think we're going to see further expansion in, in college sports, but I don't know if it's going to happen right at the moment for the Big Ten. And what do you think the chances are that we see the expanded college football playoff before this contract expires? Well, you know, it's notable that they're doing work on it. I, I you know, I, people I've talked to, I think 2024 is, is going to be really tough. Maybe 2025 is, is more realistic, but um, they have to they have to figure this out probably by their next meeting, which I believe is October 20th in Dallas. You know, they met this week at the Big Ten offices in Chicago. Ultimately, um, you know, didn't didn't get to, to a full resolution. But I, I think I think we'll have you know if they, if they want to do it in 2024, there needs to be an announcement in the relatively near future. But uh, but but, but I, I mean, the fact that they're doing work on it is uh, at least opens that possibility. And I certainly would love to see an expanded playoff sooner than later. Adam Rittenberg, hey, we appreciate you making some time as you uh, take your tour down there through Texas and Oklahoma. Hopefully you get some great games to, to take in. What are your projects you're working on, if you can disclose? Oh, yeah, you know, just kind of gathering. I'm doing a piece next week on um, on impact transfers around college football and through the first half of the season, uh, working on an NFL draft, uh, you know, kind of under-the-radar prospect that, that people should know around the sport. So um, those are some of the items, and, uh, you know, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what comes of it. Here the, the 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 next few days, but yeah, just good to be on the road. Good, it'd be exciting to be at a game this weekend. Is the uh, it, it, do you think the portal is um, spreading out talent more? Is is there a little more parity? We are seeing some upsets early on, some head scratching losses from teams that you know, for for example, Texas A and M, or is it too 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 soon to tell? Well, it's definitely spreading out talent, but again, um, just because it does that doesn't mean that a team is going to click. I mean, I think the, the fascinating thing about the portal is that you have a different makeup of, of players, uh, you know, on, on all these teams. You know, some of them are obviously using it more than others, but, 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 but the teams that are going heavily into the portal, like USC, um, you know, you just don't know if it's going to click or not, uh, especially for a full season. Like last year, that, that approach clearly worked for Michigan State. You know, it didn't work for other teams. So that, that's going to be the interesting part of this is, is, is what, what themes emerge when teams go into the portal that lead that collection of players to click or for it, to, for it not to work and, and for, 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 for there to be kind of a reset after the season. So, uh, but, but to answer your question, absolutely, uh, talent is being spread much more um, because, of the, because of the transfer portal. Adam, great to talk to you. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Adam Rittenberg writes for ESPN.com. He's a senior college football writer there.
And Evan, it was interesting that you brought up Northwestern because in the, I don't know, within the last hour, I think this is new, uh, chicagobusiness.com has, uh, is reporting on, and maybe this has been made public further, but this is where I caught it, new stadium for Northwestern, new football stadium. They are going to, this is according to Danny Ecker, tear down Ryan Field and build a modern, smaller capacity stadium on the site, $800 million project privately funded the venue would also be able to host concerts and whatnot um the setup looks pretty incredible it would have uh, is outdoors but a a roof overhead according to these drawings and uh a roof over the the, over the stands but Mm -hmm. open over the field kind of like a soccer Soccer. stadium yep um football yeah like yeah football field so uh, pretty impressive renderings 800 million dollars on the site of Ryan Field, yeah, maybe they could go play at Soldier Field while well, they're building that. That's that's Might what I was wondering. Where's where where are they going to play for the time being? Because Wheeling High School, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be too far off. But. <laughs> All right, Colin Like is going to pay us a little visit to tell us about what he's going to talk about on the radio and a little bit more. <laughs> we'll be back. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us following Saturday Sports Talk at 9 o'clock Illini game day on Saturday from Camp Randall Stadium, 11 o'clock kick, Illinois and Wisconsin, Big Ten football. Strapol, if it's your birthday, do you tell somebody when they don't know it's your birthday? If you're Lily Aldrin, maybe. Who is that? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. She wakes up and she goes, it's my birthday. <laughs> but what if you're Evan Kahn? No. Like, I don't remember what day your birthday is. I'm not a big birthday guy, so no. So you're not offended if I don't know it's your birthday. No, it means I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait, my friend. How about you, Colin Likas? I tend not to bring it up very much. That's uh, okay. yeah, not really my, my style either. We're not here to shame you, though, Scott. No. Uh, I'm different. I just, hey, world, it's my birthday. <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> January 29th. You know what? If you want to celebrate that, it's a good thing to celebrate. Yeah, why not? Um, but I, I bring this all up because you just told me in the break, Colin, like, is that it's Bob Osmussen's birthday. And, of mm-hmm. course, I saw Bob today at Football Media, and I didn't, and I, and I walked back to the car with him, and I not that way. I just meant yeah, yeah. You know, we walked back to our cars together and uh, didn't say happy birthday. So happy birthday, Bob, if you're listening. And I'm sorry I didn't say happy birthday. But at the same time, I'm kind of off Facebook now. These yeah. Days, so I don't miss, I miss most people's birthdays. Yeah, Bob and I are Facebook friends also, but I barely get on Facebook myself. And the reason I found out was because uh, Mike Pearson, Illini Legends List and yes. Lore, posted it on Twitter this afternoon. So there you go. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. He is the keeper of birthdays. Yes. You really he, don't he's need, great at it. <laughs> I, if you if there's an, an Illinois alum with a birthday out there, he knows about it and, and usually tweets about it. All right. Coming up here at the top of the hour, it's the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show with Colin Likas and Joey Wright, powered by the U of I Army ROTC. What's on tap for the big one? Uh, we're uh, doing a little bit different this week. Um, Urbana and Fisher, two programs that uh, are not playing varsity football this year, both just so happen to have their homecoming this week. Uh, um, Urbana contested their homecoming game uh, this most recent Monday against Champaign Central. Fisher is actually playing its homecoming game on a Friday night against Hayworth. They managed to 
cool. to swing that. So I'm going to have both of those coaches on the air to talk a little bit about their programs, doing JV only, of uh-huh. course, but just see how things are going. Uh, also going to have a couple of Tuscola athletes live from Andy Romine's house, so they will not be here, but they're phoning <laughs> in from, uh, from I think, a pasta dinner or something of that nature. <laughs> and uh, and also Monticello coach Carly Carlo. Walter, who was recently recognized as a new Muhammad Seymour Hall of Famer. So good for him. Has Muhammad and Monticello ever played each other? The, I'm sure they have, but I mean, in recent times, no. The, the one opportunity for that would have been during the spring season, the COVID season, mm-hmm. when Mo, like Muhammad and Unity played each other. Because then you could do the whole, you know, does Cully have a tattoo of Muhammad on his leg? <laughs> but now he's coaching for Monticello. Yeah, Cully, uh, they, they set it up pretty cool. So Cully went to actually went to Frank Dutton Field in Muhammad at like 6.30 and was honored, recognized in front of the crowd, and they pushed back the start of the Monticello game by a half hour so he can make huh. it back to Monticello and coach against Pontiac, and they won 45 nothing. so it didn't seem to affect him too much. Wow. Monticello will be featured in our Game of the Week next Friday, uh, mm-hmm. week from this Friday. This yes. Friday, it is Muhammad yep. against Peoria Notre Dame. Quincy Notre Dame. Quincy Notre Dame. It's all good. Well, I had the Notre Dame part right. Yes, you did. Quincy Notre Dame, Jack Cornell, former Illini, leading the team over there. Uh, it's a team that John Adkins calls the best three and two team in the state. So uh, really curious to see how that matchup goes. Muhammad shut out Quincy Notre Dame in a blowout last year at Quincy. I'm guessing the Raiders want some revenge. <laughs> Still blows my mind that those two teams play every year, right? Well, well, they do right now. Yeah, they, I don't know how long the the deal lasts per se. It, okay. It's more of a recent invention, but uh, yeah, with Quincy Notre Dame being an independent, they're not tied to any conference. They're actually oh. playing Normal West out of the Big Twelve next week, which should be a really fun game for them. They just play all over the place. They played Quincy in the opener. They were supposed to play a team from Missouri in Week Four. The game got canceled because the Missouri team backed out on them. So, or Week Three, maybe it was earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, being independent. Uh, Probably has its drawbacks, but also some perks where you can just schedule really fun dream matchups if you there, want to. There can't be a whole lot of There's independence. Not. Yeah, There's a list on the IHSA website. It's very small. Yeah, yep. private school kind of I, I think so, yeah, and uh, maybe a couple schools from conferences that kind of barely exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. So I think like the old um, Little Okaw Valley mm-hmm. Conference, there's some kind of straggler schools out of that <laughs> that didn't really join any other conference. Soccer? What's going on soccer-wise? What's going on soccer-wise? Well, we are getting close to the postseason. Class 2A pairings come out uh, Friday. 1A pairings came out uh, last week. Monticello got a one seed. Then they went out and beat St. Thomas Moore on Tuesday night, which was a good win for them. I imagine Champaign Central is going to be in the running for a one seed. Urbana probably a two seed or maybe a three seed, something like that. Lots of good programs, uh, to be sure. Uh, But it's that time of year where... Anything can happen, you know, a seven seed, eight seed, something like that. I remember Oakwood went to St. Thomas More last year when STM was a one seed. Oakwood was a seven, and Oakwood beat them one nothing in a mm-hmm. regional semifinal game. So uh, it's that time of year where seniors are fighting for their, their last shreds of uh, postseason eligibility, and uh, they're not going to let them go lightly. By the way, uh, all feel good moments over there at McKinley Field this past Saturday? I think so, For for by and large. I mean, the score obviously was what it was. Central knew what it was getting into by picking up Wheaton St. Francis. They're ranked fourth in Class 4A. They're a really good program. They're trying to win a state championship, and that showed by them repeatedly throwing the ball despite being up by about 60 points as the game went on. People were kind of mumbling, you know, grumbling, bad sportsmanship but you got to get your work in somehow especially if you're going to make that long of a trip down south so yeah i think by and large beyond the final score um 
the kids were really happy. The kids that I talked to, one of them literally told me, I'm supposed to be sad because of the result, but I'm so happy because we just mm-hmm. got to play at our home facility mm-hmm. and not come out of a locker room filled with centennial stuff for, for once. And, of course, this week they get to host a game at Centennial. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Back to reality. There of you course, go. Of course. All right, Colin, I appreciate it. And we'll hear from you in just a few minutes. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Joey Wright will join him as well. And then the Brett Bielma Show comes your way at 7 p.m. here on our airways. We'll join up with the White Sox after that at 8 o'clock. So plenty ahead here on uh, on this Wednesday night. Then, let's see, tomorrow Coach Q in the 4 o'clock hour. and the 5 o'clock hour, we'll do the World According to Bob. Normally do that on a Friday, but... Bob will already be in transit on Friday to Madison uh, to get ready for the game, so uh, we'll shift things around a little bit. Any other big items here, or small? Well, you can mind? you can tell Bob happy birthday tomorrow. Yeah, so, that's true. So maybe happy, we happy can belated. We'll just rewind that. Yeah, we'll capture the tape and and then and play it back for him. But no, uh, just Wednesday, as we've discussed uh, in football season, is kind of the the big down day so we're back on, on the baseball even though I think the Cardinals I haven't looked at a lineup I can't imagine they're playing a whole lot of their regulars here today so that might not be to wa- much to watch the White Sox are playing the Twins neither of them have anything to play for so mm-hmm. that's kind of out so if you want to watch the the Phillies and rookie Hayden Wisniewski uh, pitch for the Cubs that, that might not be too bad of a, a matchup but uh, get ready for Thursday night football and another football week ahead yeah, and all all Big Ten games now from here on out, it looks like, at least for this week, and some good ones on tap. So Coach Q will help us out with that. We appreciate everyone that was a part of this program. Jim Polzin from the Wisconsin State Journal in hour number one, along with Lauren Tate. And this hour, we just talked with Colin Likas, and before that, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. If you miss anything... Uh, We put them up as podcasts later on, so you can check that out at our websites and beyond WDWS.com. All right. That's it. We've said the words. Yeah. We'll do it again. Thanks much. Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential coming up. job when you're at the grocery store when you're alone doing laundry even when you're in the restroom you're never alone because <laughs> thanks to this cool app we're there too take wdws whms and wkio with you anywhere with the all-new news gazette app download for free and stay connected while near and far you won't miss any of your favorite music shows or illinois sports with the all-new news gazette app